You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 179, Side B. B. is the Gimme 5 podcast, a bi-weekly podcast reviewing the things you love today, the things you maybe loved yesterday, and the We're things that bi- you didn't know weekly. Know what was going on and you decided to watch because how bad could a Peruvian crime sci-fi epic starring American actors be? The answer? Uh, really bad. Yeah. Uh, my name is and I am joined by Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was me. And that was pretty much our experience with the movie. <laughs> the Oh my god. Go ahead. The movie the only place we were able to find it was on YouTube. And let's just talk about this. I have no idea, because this was a movie from 1989. So, being that this was a movie from 1989, we're going to review some stuff, and we're probably going to spoil it, but I don't know that we'll spoil too much, because even after watching the movie, I don't think we had any idea what the hell was going on. Did you? Yeah. And it's, it's only available on YouTube that we could find. It is a rip from a VHS tape from 1989. And the sound quality is absolutely horrendous. Yes. The sound quality is so bad that when I was done watching that and I went to log into some training seminars the next day, my volume was so loud that I almost blew out my speakers. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to try to talk about this movie because you guys came here to hear us talk about this movie. But Crime Zone, uh, we're not sure if we're actually going to be able to. So I had to do a lot of looking up stuff. We're not sure if we're going to make this shit up as we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, Crime Zone. Release date. There's two of them, which is never a good sign. Oh, God. It was either released on December 12th of 1988 or March 31st of 1989. I'm pretty sure that March 31st date was the American release date. Mm, probably. The director... His name is Luis Yosa, L-L-O-S-A. And he actually went on to do two pretty decent movies. He did Anaconda. I don't know about decent. Shut the hell up, Snake Boy. <laughs> and wait, is Anaconda the... No, that was Lake Placid. Never Anaconda mind. was the one with Ice Cube and the yeah. giant Okay, never mind. I, and... I, was mis- I, I was like, it had... It had a giant... Yeah, it was Lake Placid. Sorry, wrong movie. That was a giant alligator. That's a completely different animal, dude. It is. It is, actually. There's legs. And right, stuff. Also did The Specialist, which had Sylvester Stallone and uh, Sharon Stone. So, anyway, starring, you're going to hear a whole lot of American names. Because it starred David Carradine, Peter Nelson, Sherilyn Fenn, Michael Shaner, and Don Manor. Uh, 
so we'll we'll probably talk a little bit about how that happened. This and was, there's at least one person on this podcast who at the time was fawning over Sherry Lynn Penn. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's flash back. I don't think I think this is a little bit later. Sherilyn Fenn ended up in Twin Peaks. But you know, there's the stories of people finding pornography in the woods, right? People are like, Oh, I found a Playboy in the woods. I never knew how that happened. However, I did find a Playboy in the top of my neighbor's recycling bin when I was a kid. And you're like, Why would you throw this out? I know. And I did take that Playboy home, and it was the Christmas issue starring Sherilyn Finn, which was which blew my mind that I was seeing this person who was on, that was on my television, like naked and in, in black and white. It was she had a black and white pictorial because it was artsy. Mm. So I had a bit of a crush on Sherilyn Finn. There was a whole thing with her like eating a cherry, and it, like I still remember it. And this had this was like 1991 or something that it happened. And I still remember that she was eating a cherry. Memories. Um, don't want to know what happened to that poor magazine. Uh, yeah, I had to be. I was what? The 15 pages years are all old. stuck together now. Like 14 years old. Yeah, there's nothing good happened then. Anyway, um, so this movie starred all these American actors that somehow went over to Peru to film this thing. Uh, this was pre-Twin Peaks, Sherilyn Fenn. Peter Nelson, I believe he was the lead character in the TV show V. Oh, okay. Like, I knew he looked kind the of familiar. The original V on the, yeah. on the TV in yep. the Yeah, I think he right? was, like, the the one of the one of the main characters. I think he might have been one of the... I think he was the, the V alien that was, like, a good guy. Okay. Because he had fallen in love with a human, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. But he did look familiar when I was watching it. Um, see, we are talking about everything related to the movie without actually talking about the movie itself because we don't know what happened. <laughs> we have no idea what was going on. Yeah. But the the poster looked neat. It looked like a Judge Dredd ripoff. And it the did. tagline, God is dead, but hell still exists, was yeah. appropriate for an 80s movie. I did find the actual plot. And for the hour and a half that we watched it. Yeah, yeah. It was hell, yeah. Uh, the actual plot. So let me, tell me, Rob, if this action is what you got out of the movie. A high-level agent, David Carradine, lures two lowly lovers, Peter Nelson and Sherilyn Fenn, into a, a crime in a post-war world of the future. Overly simple, but yeah, I think I think I can I think I can agree with that. Okay. But that's that's about as in depth as I can get. Yeah. Because, I mean, it it looked like it was a Bonnie and Clyde type movie where they were, like, going crazy. But then it was like, is this, a, like, a government conspiracy kind of thing? Uh, the the government corruption for the sake of justifying their existence? Um, it, was it about the nudity? I have no idea. I, I don't know. I, it was... And I think you were telling me that somebody said that it was that, like, relationships were illegal and that's why they were criminals. And I'm like, I totally did not hear that, get that, understand that. I don't... That's what one, uh, one thing said. I think it was that... Okay. So, again, none of this came from the movie. Because we couldn't really tell what was going on. The smart people would have decided on a different movie, but we're not those people. We... Are not, and if you haven't figured that out by now, you episodes. are not either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's on you, not on us. <laughs> don't you don't you hold that against us? Yeah. 
So, some sort of apocalypse, I believe it was some sort of plague. And the government took over, but in order to keep people under their control, they they basically did the thing where, like, oh, outside the walls, there's a war and virus and blah, 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 right? Mm. And that's not any sort of allegory to today by any stretch of the means. Uh, but also they put people in, like, they made what's-her-face Sherilyn Fenn become a government prostitute, a government-sanctioned uh, prostitute. Mm-hmm. And when she fell in love, I think that's what was illegal because she wasn't allowed to fall in love. She was like a prostitute Jedi. Ooh. Not allowed to be in love. Um, Peter Nelson, the, the main dude, he was working for a, what was it? A, was it a security agency? Or was he a cop? Or I, I don't even I don't even know. No, it was a wasn't it had something to do with dead bodies, didn't it? I thought he had something to do with. Well, dead I thought bodies. it was security because when they invaded the when they went in to like rob the bank or whatever it was, they were there guarding it. Okay, so maybe we'll they, say that they, no, they had guns, they had weapons, they had uniforms. I assumed they were like uh, some kind of security or cops or something. Yeah, and he gets fired from his job early on because he won't call his boss, sir. It's fucking terrible. We don't even know what the movie was about. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad. So he won't call his boss, sir, so he gets fired. And then he gets met up with by these government people that are like, hey, we need, we need you to run these jobs for us and do these crimes. Now, the twist, and this is not spoiling anything for you because don't watch this. The twist is, of course, that there technically is no crime in this movie called Crime Zone. But they're trying to keep everyone scared by having these Bonnie and Clyde type criminals that they're like, ooh, they might get you if you don't give up your rights to us. That's and that's kind of the deal. Yeah, and they're legit trying to justify their existence and their spending and everything on yeah. the military cops or whatever yeah. it is. We need you. bigger guns because yeah. there's these criminals. And then eventually they get left out into the real world. That's basically what happens. Now, this is all packaged in a sci-fi thing. It's a... You know, very Blade Runnery type thing. It's no, don't don't even do that because you do not compare this movie to Blade Runner. Because we read one of those reviews and you were like, "Really, bro?" I know. It looks wise. It had the the futuristic thing. Was it raining? It was dark. It was shot. Everything was shot pretty much at night because at the night, budget yeah. was so low. Uh, produced by Roger Corman, which I think I said earlier. Uh, he is known for being cheap. Now, I'm always really hesitant to talk about Roger Corman because I don't know the history behind him. Mm-hmm. And the pe- there are people that love him and love what he does. Mm-hmm. And, like, there are books written on him and all this stuff. And I can't pinpoint that enough to be, like, to talk more than I am talking right now about him. Right. Because I feel like I'm going to be like, you don't know what Roger what Roger Corman did for Beast Cinema? No, I don't. I just know that his name is on a lot of these bad movies we watch. And he probably made a lot of money as a result of it. Yeah. Um, the So this is a sci-fi future type thing, which is basically just means that it was these, I guess, concrete-style slab buildings that aren't very pretty. And, you know, cop cars with different types of lights on them and different sound effects to make this it seem weird like apartment in the basement where they spent all their time and, and hooking up and all that shit. And, and they had to be quiet so that they wouldn't know that they were there. And I'm like, why are, why are you hiding in your apartment? I don't understand. Yeah, is your neighbor going to turn you in? <sighs> what the 
hell. It, it did have this very large amount of just random street punks, which, you know, and like a lot of them had like the razor blade earrings and the, the gauged ears and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this really ties in great to something I just had heard recently, which I never really realized. Um, I always thought that the, this is going to punk music here. I always thought the punk scene was way bigger than it really was. It really was like just a little bit in the late seventies, but it blew mm-hmm. up much later again when Green Day and those bands became popular and everyone kind of went back and was like, Oh, these bands, the Ramones and the Sex Pistols and all these other bands were like really big. Are you but talking were... about just music in general or the, or the punk culture? Uh, the because punk... the punk culture was really big in the early eighties. The punk, well, the music and the punk culture in the late seventies, early eighties, it was, it was shocking. So people talked about it, mm-hmm. but it died very quickly because Sid Vicious died very quickly. And he is the, the, while he wasn't very talented, he was like the, the poster child for punk, you know, the, mm-hmm. the scowling, mo, you know, nasty, like shirtless dude with, or like, with like safety pins for earrings, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he either let her die or accidentally, or actually did kill his girlfriend and then killed himself before the trial. So punk went from being like, man, we could have had a giant trial all the time where everyone was looking at this and all the kids would love it. You know, my parents are mad at this. I should like it. Or, and all the adults would hate it. But now it pretty much made everyone think, ah, I need criminals, punks. So if you look at uh, like a lot of the the crime stuff from the early 80s, like you were saying, mm-hmm. the Warriors and Escape from New York and... I haven't seen it's Escape from the Bronx. Punk. It's all very punk. And it and this is kind of the same. It's like, oh, we need generic crime villains. Mm-hmm. Punks. Also, making a movie, cheap. Throw punks. a leather jacket on somebody. Ripped up t-shirt. Punks. Spike you their hair. Punk. Yep. yep. Not have to buy any Stormtrooper costumes, you know. It's Billy Idol. <laughs> Rock the cradle of love. <laughs> Eyes without a face. Okay, sorry, I'm going to stop now. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. I, I love the whole punk villains thing. Man, it's my favorite thing when I read old comic books. It's my favorite thing when I watch these old movies that there's mm-hmm. always some, like, dude with, like, a razor blade earring. Or, like, I don't know, some mesh t-shirt or something. But let us move on. What what else do you know about this movie, Rob? <laughs> well, I I love... That this movie, because this movie was subtitled, but it was subtitled in Spanish with English English dialogue. But I did learn, we did hear enough of the movie for me to learn that <laughs> the Spanish equivalent of almost any curse word in English is Diablos. I did notice that, yeah. It was actually easier. To understand the movie by reading the Spanish subtitles and missing every other word. I wrote this to... down because they had shit equal Diablos. Okay. Fuck you equal Diablos. Fuck equal Diablos. Hell equal Diablos. I'm like, Diablos is like the go-to phrase for any American curse word or any English curse word. I'd... So it's like like Smurf. Like Smurf and Smurf. It's yeah. Diablos, Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what? 
Is that really how that goes? Yeah. The movie also, the other confusing thing is it started off with a trailer for some other movie, but the it was a weird type of trailer where it just seemed like clips from a movie. So yeah. for the first five minutes of this movie, we were watching something else. And then it wasn't, and then nobody was in the movie. And right. it didn't even say that it was, a, it didn't even say it was a different movie. It just, I'm like, and then they, and then they did the whole intro thing again with the whole rolling credits and everything like that. And I'm like, oh, that was a trailer. <laughs> okay. What, what was it? They didn't give us the name of the movie. <laughs> and yeah. then the, the intro for the credits to our movie played to Kenny G. Yes. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Nothing says action-packed sci-fi cop adventure like Songbird. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. It sounded like, like the end. The, it sounded like the end credits of like a soap opera. It did, and I know. And I, I commented on it while we were watching it. I'm like, is, is that Kenny G? <laughs> what? <laughs> Something seems out of place here. The budgetary constraints of these movies, especially when they do future stuff, it's always funny because they're like these, you know. Government stormtroopers are going to shock troops are going to do whatever, and they're always just wearing sports equipment. Yeah, like that guy's wearing BMX pads and a catcher's mask, and like that, that dude's dude, wearing a football helmet. Yeah, <laughs> and it's always that type of stuff because you know they're just like, okay, you go to uh, Home Depot or El Home Depot, I guess, uh, and pick up some spray paint, and I'm going to go to the sports authority. El Homo Depot. No, oh, wait, yeah. that's something different. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> Wow. This is when I said before the episode, don't say anything offensive so that I don't have to edit it out. Why I said that. Uh, Casa de Depot. Holy shit. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like yeah, you go to Home Depot, you go to uh, Sports Authority, and we're going to spray paint some, some uh, paintball gear and make future cop costumes. Uh, there was also the most useless job I've ever seen in a movie. The guy that can, that his job was to press the button that activates the electric fence while someone is on it. Oh, as opposed, just as opposed sitting to there just, waiting. I'm, yeah. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. As opposed to, you know, just having the electric fence that's on all the time. No, he yeah. was there ready to go. The guy touched it. He's like, ha, bam. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you have to, I don't know, maybe Prue has a bigger budget than we for security people or or maybe electricity is is more precious than oh there you go then human you just found you just found logic in a movie that we didn't understand i well yeah i'm making shit up as i go i mean this is sorry (laughs) the good news is we've already told our people not to to watch this movie and if yeah. they do watch this movie, they won't understand it either. So they'll be like, they were talking about RoboCop fighting dragons. I don't see that part. Yeah. Well, it, and to understand what we were going through, pick an old movie and watch it on mute and try and figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. Pick a movie that you've never seen before and watch it on mute and try and figure out what's going on. Or, or watch it, really it. And if you really want to it in there, throw in some, some uh, different language subtitles. And the maybe the teacher from the the Peanuts 
cartoons. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is a sequence where a guy is selling condoms, and he's got a, a little sandwich board on, and he's asking people if they want to buy condoms. And I, as your they like used condoms or like I, don't, I said used I said used condoms, oh. but I would say as your favorite podcast host or one half of your favorite podcast host. I don't know. Uh, I'm just gonna take the bullet here. Do not ever buy used condoms. That is That's a public a service announcement. Bad idea from the Give Me Five podcast. Don't one buy condoms from some dude on the street. Two buy used condoms. It's a bad. <laughs> That's the plan. name of the episode. <laughs> Never buy used condoms. <laughs> Don't buy used condoms. <laughs> Never ever ever. Probably true. We're gonna end up in that like the number one podcast this week in health and human condition is going to be the Give Me Five podcast with Never Buy Used Condoms. Uh, <laughs> I believe there was some nudity in this movie, but we couldn't see it. Because yeah, it was Sharon Lynn, actually. Yeah, but she was like, it, it was, was side fuzzy, view. and yeah. It was not gratifying. <laughs> not gratifying. Uh, let's see. We did actually watch this on Easter. We and, did. And at some point I did notice the fact that there was a sequence in which a dude gets crucified on a giant X. And I thought that might have been a little blasphemous. Probably a little bit. But then I moved on and just typed it in my notes and kept going. Uh, it took us very a long time in this movie where they spelled out this world before we actually saw David Carradine, who was theoretically the biggest star of the movie. He was top bill. Yeah. He was top bill, and he didn't show up till like 35 minutes into the yeah. movie. That was actually the, around the time that I did. And he, well, we, we think he's a crime boss. But it turns out he's he, actually a government agent. Yeah, he's he's arranging to get them out of this of this uh, complex, not complex, but this this lockdown city that they live in under the the boot of the government. And if they start doing these these crimes for him, he's agreed to basically smuggle them out of the city to a to another city where the oppression isn't so horrible, where they can live. As as a couple, I guess, because being a couple is illegal. Um, they can live as a couple and not have to hide, and you know things are better. And you know it's always that that whole the the grass is greener on the other side kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then they there, do the crime, and he's like, "I need you to do one more. I can't let you go yet, or I'm working on it, and it's not it's not working. I need you to do another crime." And so they do another crime, and he's like, "I need you to do another one." And they're like, "You know." I'm starting to think that you're not really going to help us here. He's not going to help them. No. No. He does, however, not kill them at the end when they escape. And then leaves them in the desert because they actually... The the city that he works for actually challenged that other, that other conclave or whatever and eliminated them like 20 years ago. So it's all just a barren desert. So they're going to die anyway, right? Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the action sequences are not very action-packed. This movie sucked. <laughs> there was one, one sequence where the biggest thing was, as you pointed out, why did she have to climb down a ladder? It was only three feet. Yeah. But, like, they she did She climbed the, down the rope. Yeah, and it, like, she climbs down, and, like, they do the, like, music hit when she jumps. 
Jing. Like she just did something amazing, but no. And the way it was so stupid because the way that they shot it. Well, well, one, I started questioning why they were using a rope to begin with because they shot a downward view of like one of those spiral rampways, you know, that goes up to like six floors or whatever, where yeah. you walk up this circular ramp that goes all the way up to the top. They dropped a rope down and I'm like, why are they climbing down that rope? Why don't they just walk down the ramp? And then when they showed her climbing down the rope, they very poorly cut it so that you could see the top. It was almost like she was dropping into a, like a well and you could see the top and see her let go and then drop like two feet. And I'm like, why did she climb that rope? She just I don't know. squatted down and sl- you know, slid. Yeah, it was it was terrible. <laughs> the uh, there's just some of the quotes from this movie that I that I ended up writing down like. Is that your normal face? What? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Maybe. Is that a good thing? Bad thing? And of course the, um, we're holding the gun on the person. Show me your dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Is that your normal dick? I don't know (laughs) where that came from. Uh... And those, what's funny is those were the quotes that actually came through. Like, we couldn't hear much, and then it was like, is that your normal face, or show me your dick. And then it went, wah, 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 for the rest of the time. <laughs> We're like, what? Yeah. There was a another jump sequence where it was a little higher up. And, of course, led to some, some sprained ankles. It was during the worst bank robbery scene I've ever seen in a movie. Ever. Was, yeah, it was just like... And I don't know how they survived that jump, because that jump was supposed to be, like, from the top of a building. Yeah. At least two stories worth of wall they jumped off. Oh, he worked at a cryogenics plate. He was the security at a cryogenics place. So he was security. Okay. Yeah, that's what it was. Um. Yeah. They yeah they want to escape too. I think it's not Rodan, but that's what my phone autocorrected to (laughs) because I've probably been talking about Godzilla too much, so it it did correct. Rodan or Rodin or something. And it's, uh, they do escape. It's just a boring field. That's what it is. But, uh, you know, then of course they do the, the evil government guy where he's like, sorry about your friend, as he kills one of their, their buddies. I think that's, he kills Razorblade Earring Guy. Or no, he killed Jubals. He killed Jubals. Razorblade Earring Guy killed Jubals. Jubals was actually in this movie. Yeah, our listener and patron. Patron. Like, still messed it up. <laughs> Jubal's Matt. There's a guy that looked just like him in this movie, and I was really sad when he got popped. Damn it! Killed Jubal's bastard. And they're like, "Sorry about your friend." I was like, "Yeah, you would be sorry about my friend." You killed Jubal's, you bastard. Yep, yeah, and of course, it turns out, as I said before, that this whole movie, all of the crime and all that, was just to keep the people under the thumb of the government, and. I really figured this out from looking at reviews on <laughs> on Amazon. There was nothing that came from that movie. Yeah. I was looking at reviews on Amazon, and there was a whole lot of anti-government people on there saying how great this movie was. Uh, one person, for example, this stupendous sci-fi futuristic movie is the adventure that Judge Dredd merely wanted to be. Oh, shut up. David Carradine shines as we watch a young couple in a future city strive to escape the police state. This one will leave you inspired. And if you look at this person's other reviews, they are all anti-government screeds as well. 
like the, awesome. every like every movie he likes is and book that he likes is anti-government. Although he had a pretty decent review of a book on on Vietnam, where he you know talked about when they should have got out, gotten out of it. But other than that, he was you could tell he was looking for something. He was looking for a certain type of movie. Uh, when that's why he liked this particular movie. Um, one of the another funny review that I found, if I could find it real quick, uh, uh, Joe Bob Briggs from Drive In, uh, the Drive In, uh, when Joe Bob's driving on Shutter, mm-hmm. he he wrote. He's a critic also. Sure, we've all seen this story before, but have we seen it with one thousand Peruvian extras in shiny silver spacesuits? I think not. <laughs> uh, most of the extras, so the the shiny silver spacesuit people, are were actually students at the American School of Lima, Colegio Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, and the main building, the one that they jumped off of, is actually a college building. Uh, it, or Sorry, it's a, a museum. The, muse, the Museo de la Nación in Lima, Peru. So if there's a... We, you know, Rob, we can relive this movie and reenact this movie just by going to the, the National Museum of Peru. No. Please. I refuse. But... I'll no. bring home a llama for you. Get one? No. <laughs> uh, people in Peru hated this movie. <laughs> you know what? People in America hated it too. Well, in Peru, this movie was uh, people hated it because it had no Peruvian qualities. There was nothing. So they were they advertised it as this um, big American movie filmed in Peru. Kind of a big deal in the eighties. Uh, and. People want to see it, and there was nothing remotely Peruvian about it. Uh, but the American American critics actually liked it a little better. And when I say a little, I'm, see how close my fingers are together. That's mm-hmm. how little more than um, than uh, the Peruvian critics. Uh, it was, of course, produced by by uh, Roger Corman. Uh, the production company is New Concord, and after its Los Angeles premiere, it actually did get a premiere in Los Angeles. It did go onto VHS, released by MGM, and then apparently ripped and put on YouTube. Uh, you know, the worst... Po- like, I really wonder if the movie was actually... There's a version of it where you can actually tell what it is. Because if you even look on Amazon, people are like, I can't hear this movie. So I think that the M1 they're selling on Amazon is someone that took it off of YouTube and then burned it back to a DVD. Mm. Which, you guys might not be audio people out there. But that is not going to sound good <laughs> at, at all. all. No, it's. Uh, let's see what other fun things I found out about this movie. Um, oh, the how it got signed in Peru. Uh, Roger Corman, who came up with the film's concept, recruited Peruvian director Luis Llosa to make a futuristic thriller. Uh, Jeffrey Middens uh, is told the story. He was part of the the whole production. Um, and he actually got delayed in a stopover in Peru. And then when he was there, he's like, oh, this has some cool architecture. could be used futuristic. And that's how it ended up getting filmed there. So hmm. very, very exciting stuff about a movie that we couldn't – like the poster made it look cool. It really did. And it just was not. Yeah. Uh, not at mi- all. <laughs> I apologize. No. We, of course – did mention David Carradine being in this. David Carradine, who passed away several years later. Uh, people initially thought it was a suicide. It was not. But it was. It was a, something far more tawdry. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I forget the exact terminology they use. The when people suffocate themselves or choke Auto-erotic themselves. Auto erotic asphyxiation. Oh, there we go. Thank you. You know that you had that right there at the top of your brain. I have to very carefully avoid that every day. See, what <laughs> doing it or? This is why I always knock on your door and call you before I come in, and that's why mm-hmm. I have yet to memorize the gate code. I'm like, I'm just gonna make sure that he knows I'm coming. Uh, yeah, he died from autoerotic asphyxiation, which is not a great way to go in many respects, but, you know, whatever family member finds you, you're going to traumatize them for life. Mm-hmm. So don't do that either. I mean, we're no. just, we might be able to, this might actually be our very special episode of Give Me Five Masturbate Podcasts. Masturbate with a spotter. <laughs> <laughs> that is also possibly a, ter- a title for this episode. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Always masturbate with a spotter. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what's going on around the same time as this. Jesus Christ. You're on uh, fire tonight. You're punchy. God. History. Uh, so the, this week in history, the, the March, uh, the March, uh, it came out uh, March 1989, the very end of March, so the beginning of April. So right around now, basically. Uh, Soviet hockey, hockey players are allowed to play in the NHL. Rain Man won the Best Picture Oscar. We could actually hear that movie. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, and some dude named Donald Trump purchased the Eastern's Northeast Shuttle Airline uh, and renamed it Trump Airlines, um, and then it would fold three years later. Hmm. Um, so that would be... Uh, that's the that type of history. The other movies this thing was going up against. Wait, what about Hulk Hogan? Oh, wait, where did I type that? Oh, I typed that in the wrong spot. Sorry, I typed <laughs> I typed that underneath my five answers. Uh, the other two things uh, in sport. The other two sports things. Hulk Hogan did beat Randy Macho Man Savage for the heavyweight title at WrestleMania two. Yeah, he did. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had his last game in Seattle. Well, it wasn't just the last game in Seattle. It was the last game, and it happened in Seattle. Movies. I actually remember seeing a lot of these movies in the theater. Uh, Fletch Lives, which I saw in the theater. Okay. Lean on Me. Oh, such a good movie. The Rescuers was a, was re-released. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skin Deep, didn't see that one. Chances Are, didn't see that one. Leviathan. And just, I want to say I saw I, that one. Uh, yeah, I I remember the poster. But number seven, I wouldn't have talked about this if it wasn't for what we did last week. But Police Academy 6, City Under Siege. Oh. <laughs> Police Academy 23. <laughs> so, that was the movies and the music. A lot of, like, songs that you know, like, as soon as you hear the title, you're like, you start singing it. Uh, number one was The Living Years by Mike and the Mechanics. Love that song. Eternal Flame by the Bangles. Girl, You Know It's True by Millie Vanilli. You've Got the Look by Roxette. Uh, my Heart Can't Tell You No. Rob, My Heart Can't Tell You No I'm by Rod Stewart. I Get Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson. She Drives Me Crazy by the Fine Young Cannibals was number seven. Walk the Dinosaur by Was Not Was. So, like, it's a lot of these like really like catchy-ass songs. Like I'm going to have all of these stuck in my head. Open the door, get on the floor. And 
The truth about Roni, she's the sweet old girl, but the sweetest little by girl in the whole wide world. By Mr. Bobby Brown. Makes the toughest homeboy fall deep in love. Said once you had a Roni, you will never give her up. Number eleven was Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. Oh really? Sweet. So that is what we had there. That's uh that is the the world of pop culture and news around that time. And uh I guess we, we have our top five question here. We didn't. We I don't, do. I don't think we got any in. It was a kind of a weird any. question because I was trying like I was trying to avoid the typical. There's so many though, and I'm sitting there watching all these commercials and shit, and I'm like, ugh. So, the the I was trying to avoid the question of like you know sci-fi cop movies things along those lines. And then I thought, well, maybe foreign movies where American actors were in it. And it's then it became like, what is going to be a foreign movie? Because it could be, is it a foreign director, but a, an American public, like producing company? Like the funding is so weird these days where like there are movies that look American, but are completely funded by China or Japan or Korea or something I th- like that. I think I would consider it a foreign movie if it was released in a foreign country first. But, well, but Godzilla and First King Kong was released in a foreign country first, and it was this one. Godzilla versus King Kong was released overseas first. It was released in China like uh, several weeks ago. China, yeah. I would have thought Japan. Yeah. So either way, so we didn't do that route. What we the route I decided to go with is. American actors that have starred in foreign commercials. And I, I wanted to go – I didn't say this, but I, I went with the weirdest ones. I, I went a little weird on mine too. So I will go first, and you can go look all of these up. These are all available on YouTube. I watched – there's a lot of foreign products that I want to buy and a lot that I still have no idea what the product is. Yes. Um, but there was a coffee commercial that the way they blended the coffee in it. I was like, this looks so good. But anyway, my number five, Jennifer Aniston in a Dutch, I believe, commercial for Heineken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought this one caught my eye very specifically because they actually did the thing where she was near there looking at the two bottles of Heineken and then he like – or he was there looking at it and she walked up, right, and then he reached up to get it for her. Or was it the other way around? It was the other way around. Where basically it showed that, like, Heineken was better than her. And I was like, wow, she actually went and did that. And she had been she had been uh, very worried about people knowing she was in Leprechaun, but she was going to be, like, stood up by some dude who wanted the Heinekens and wouldn't, give them, wouldn't share them with her. Right. Uh, there was something called Takara. I don't know if you saw that commercial. In which I Madonna think. stars as a samurai, and she fights a giant gold dragon. Oh, shit, I missed that one. Yeah, she fights this giant gold, like, Asian-style dragon and then looks at the camera and is like, I am pure. I'm like, Madonna is what you're going for with pure? Like, okay. Uh, a product or the company called SoftBank who hired Brad Pitt and Wes Anderson to do the weirdest Wes Anderson-style commercial, uh, which I... And he ended up taking a picture of, like, nude people sunbathing? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw that one. I was like, eh. very colorful, very symmetrical, very you know, Wes Anderson and very Brad Pitt. Like, but it's weird because Brad Pitt is like dressed in like this weird hat and stuff, so you kind of don't really realize it's him. So why pay that much money for him? 
Uh, Sylvester Stallone for a Russian ice vodka commercial. Mm-hmm. I saw that one. Where he's talking about, uh, you know, my my movies are all Hollywood and my cars and, are and Italian. I gotta, I gotta be honest, if I'm picturing a celebrity drinking Russian vodka, it's Sylvester Stallone. I would say his opponent in Rocky Four. Drago? Yeah. But, I mean... No, I, I still see... I, I'm talking about the actor himself, not the character. I, I see Sylvester Stallone going home at night and sitting down with a bottle of Russian vodka and just drinking himself into oblivion. Wow. And then maybe being a serial killer, Rob? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. And he kills people with broken vodka bottles. There you go. You heard it here first. Give me five true crime podcast where we explore... The Russian ice killer, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, my number one. S- the product is Sankyo. The actor is Nicolas Cage, and the commercials are fucking weird. Yeah, they are. Uh, you Pachenko! Saw yep. That's that the that second one. That one might be on my list. Yep, that one. The commercials were really weird. I had to look up. Did you know what Sankyo is? No. It's a pharmaceutical company, which is even weirder, because the commercials don't give that out at all it's weird yeah. so yeah look look up the nicholas there's someone has done a master cut of all the nicholas cage thank you s-a-n-k-y-o commercials so that would be my number one rob what you got well i've got uh, one two three four five i've got six of them here um one that was kind of disturbing to me was an old hulk hogan commercial i have no idea what he was selling, but it was Hulk Hogan standing there with no shirt on, singing the days of the week. Like in a child's nursery rhyme kind of pentameter. Just Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again. I'm like, and that's all he says. And I'm like, what am I watching? <laughs> I don't even understand. And I think it was like an ad for like an air purifier or an air conditioner or something. I, I don't even know. I don't I don't even know. I think at number four, I'm going to have um, Dennis Hopper. I don't know what the product was for, but the commercial involved Dennis Hopper naked in a bathtub with a rubber ducky. I'm like, Dennis? I'm going to need you to send that to me. Later tonight. <laughs> like, what is? What Don't is ask going any questions. Just send it to me. At number three, I've <laughs> at number three, I've got Snoop Dogg singing in German for Vibe Mobile in like a an old like lounge singer style tux with his hair like flattened and brushed and combed over and. I, I just sing in lounge lounge singer style in German, and I'm like, oh, that's that's funny. I like that. At number two, I don't even know the company, but Arnold Schwarzenegger did a shitload of like really ridiculous commercials for a number of companies. One of which was Cup of Noodle. <laughs> I would and, totally buy a cup of noodle from Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then there was another one where he did like these weird commercials from like a, for like a drink, where he was like this genie that came out of the bottle just screaming, Aah! 
die, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? How much money it takes to get some of these actors to either go over there or just do this? It's crazy. But my number one was that weird-ass Nick Cage Pachinko commercial, where he was playing like a southern farmer who was driving this old beat-up Ford truck, and then he then in the road there's this guy in this silver suit with a big silver ball on his head and his hands are silver balls and he throws his hands up and he's like Rrr! and nick cage is like what in the hell is going on out here and then like 60 more like silver ball guys come out and they all just start dancing and nick cage is like hey you guys are all right and i'm like what the the shit is this yeah don't do lsd and try to do marketing i was like oh my campaigns. god it doesn't doesn't work that way so, so that was it. my five. With nice. an honorable mention to Chuck Norris, who who was a good sport for letting uh, T-Mobile make fun of him in in the Czech Republic. He, uh, some lady was trying to club a fish, and she asked him if he wanted to do it, and he said no, and she went to club it, and he passed out. And they were like, "Yeah, on TV, anybody can look like a badass." Yeah, my my uh, honorable mention was a George Clooney Nespresso one, just because he made a comment about it when people were asking him about why he was doing coffee commercials in like Italy or something. And he's mm-hmm. like, I want to make movies that I want to make. I don't need to worry about money anymore. And if someone wants to give me a million dollars to talk about coffee, sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Shit. Go I'll, get it, George. I'll talk about coffee for like 10000 bucks right now. Just tell me. I'll do it right up. now. I don't even drink coffee, and I'll talk about it right now. <laughs> I'll talk about why Rob is a bad person for not drinking coffee right now for $10,000. You give me $10,000, I will talk about Rob for an hour about why he's a bad person because he doesn't drink coffee. Hell, you give me ten thousand dollars, I'll talk about myself and why I'm a bad person. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> okay. Anyway, you heard thanks. that Homo Depot comment earlier. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's our new sponsor. Oh my God. Okay. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. If you want to write an angry letter about Rob. <laughs> Uh, you can contact us at gimme5podcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on gimme5pod at Twitter and Instagram. Our website, gimme5podcast.com, of course. And uh, please, well, maybe not this episode, but at some point leave us a review on iTunes or whatever <laughs> podcast app you're using. And we promise we'll have a more legible movie um, at some point. And the problem wasn't that it was in Spanish because it wasn't. It was in English. You couldn't hear it, so. Yeah. Oh, well. Whatever. And, uh, so, thanks for listening, and show me your podcast. Always masturbate with a spotter.